The opinions and views shared in this podcast are the opinions and views of the host and the host alone. They are not a reflection of his employer or any other organization that the host is a member of. The host does not speak for anyone, only himself. This is the I Am Pith Podcast. Get ready for contact. What's going on, everybody? This is your boy Dex with the I Am Pits Podcast, and I'm back for another episode. But first, you know what month it is. It's Black History Month, but it's not just Black History Month. What else is in the month of February? Well, the one holiday that I hate the most, the most made-up BS ever, Valentine's Day. And with that being said, even though I personally don't care about Valentine's Day, because I just think that it's backwards, the fact that if I do things right 364 days out of the year and I need this one commercial holiday to tell me to love my wife and to get her something nice, that's bull. And also, they don't ever think about the fellas during this time of year. What about us? It's always the men just got to go do something for the ladies. Well, what about the ladies do something for the men? Or if you're a man and you got another man in your life, hey, reciprocate it. Make it fair. Make it fair for everybody, right? Well, with that being the case, I want to tell you all about my first new, my new sponsor, Gunfighter Trading Company. Ladies, if you're listening out there, or fellas, if you're listening, and you want something, for, you want something special for Valentine's Day, tell your wife to go to Gunfighter Trading Company and go get some candles, get some merch, get some manly smells. I'm sitting in here right now burning a SWAT candle. And it smells absolutely amazing, man. And even better, the fact that it's Valentine's Day coming up, I also have a promo code for you all for 15% off. So when you go and place your order at Gunfighter Trading Company, when you go and buy some of the candles, some of the merch, some of the soap, some of that beard bomb for those cops in the city with those rocking those retention beards, put in code name PITS, P-I-T-T-S. And get yourself 15% off on your first order. So, like I said, don't forget, go to Gunfighter Trading Company and get all of their stuff. And I, if I was y'all, I would hurry up, man, because they, they're starting to blow up, man. And their stuff is running out, so make sure you get in there and get your stuff now. Because we're only what? What day? What's today? You, light-skinned girl across from me. Mm-mm. What's today? Today is February 11th, sir. Yes, February the 11th. That means we have how many days? Count for me. <laughs> three days until. <laughs> that means we got three days. Terrible. Listen, I don't need you talking. See, I hope she's. That's why I have to help the kids with their math. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. So, like I said, y'all got three days until February. Get those orders in. And since we're talking about Valentine's Day, it's supposed to be a day of love. Speaking of love, I have with me in the studio for the first time since the I Am Pitts podcast started almost two and a half years ago. There's a special lady in my life. She's been with me for, God bless, man, I think going on 11 years this year. Yeah. I didn't ask you to chime okay. in. You sit over wow. there. Wow. I'll, no. I'll let you know when it's your turn to speak. Uh-uh, we don't do I'll that, let you know. So. <laughs> so speaking of Valentine's Day, I have with me in the studio. As I told you, I've been trying to get her on here for a long time. My wife, the lady that puts up with all my mess and my BS, Christina Pitts. 
what's up hello hi great to be here in our home no our home <laughs> slash aka my office aka the studio that exactly. you was talking ratchet about <laughs> don't be coming up don't come into my I studio i have like sensory overload right now and i'm just trying to stay focused so but see i'm here and i'm glad to be here i want to say i'm glad to have you here but you're cracking on my studio um, man it is what it is sir Listen, this help. is all member. I don't need your help. This is all memorabilia. <laughs> Everything in here has a meaning. meaning. It does, and I love it. No, you don't. No, you I don't. love the fact that it has a meaning. Over in the corner, I have Ross Patterson's from yes, you do. Drinking Bros. I have his suit he wore to Derby. I got, I mean, T-shirts in here, flags, coins. I got the drawing from my dead homeboy. Uh, Jesus, man, I just had a brain fart. Mark Anthony. Yep. <laughs> Mr. Mark Magellan. So, of course, anybody out there, outside there, out there, Jesus, man, coffee, Black Rifle Coffee got me tripping. Anybody else that has a spouse out there, you know what it's like, man. Always up in your business, always telling you how to dress, how I, to, how to, you know, how to set up your man cave, but it is what it is. There's so much in that that I could really talk about, but let's, let's, let's move forward. Oh, oh this is going to be good. <laughs> this is going to be good. <laughs> so, tell the people where you're from. I am from a little town called Radcliffe, Kentucky, but presently living in. Do not say where we live at. Southern Indiana. Okay, about say, girl, do not say. Okay. <laughs> You're not really from Radcliffe. Where were you born? I was born in Fort Hood, Texas. There you go. We were there for just a short period of time. So, I mean, yes, I was born there, but my family is actually from Virginia. That's right. A little little place called South Hill. Yes. Little country folk. Love it. No, you don't. Love you don't. It. I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Whenever I smell burning wood, it takes me back to that little town. So, <laughs> well, you ain't smelling no burning wood around here lately, so you ain't getting no memory. You ain't getting no trips down memory lane at this <laughs> location. So, you know, as y'all know, this woman has been with me through the ups and downs. I mean, through everything, she's given birth to, to our two beautiful micro Negroes, as I like to call oh, them. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's what they are. That's what Joe Biden would call them. Well, <laughs> they are children of the Most High God. They are <laughs> children of the Most High God, and they're micro Negroes, mm -hmm. as I love to say. And also, I'm going to go ahead and apologize. So currently, we have the dishwasher going upstairs, and we have two unsupervised children upstairs ages soon to be seven and one about to be 10 so if y'all hear a lot of noise in the background we got mom and daddy working on the podcast in the basement just know nobody's gonna die today i promise <laughs> <laughs> might get a little loud but they, other than that they understand they understand listen nobody cares about daddy to... in his show <laughs> yes they do we try very hard very so they're doing their best Right, well, but our listeners do understand a family and that children will walk. They will make noise, but they are doing their best. And we appreciate that. Not if I duck time up and uh, throw them in the. Uh... Sir, you will not do that. <laughs> Don't put anything past me at this point. <laughs> you know better. <laughs> you know Please, better. He won't. <laughs> so moving on. As I always, like I said, if you've read the book, I Am Pitt's Memoirs of an American Patriot. You know how me and this lovely woman across from me met. And that was, what, seventh grade when we were first met in person, I guess? 
Even seventh the- grade where we were in the same school. We were in the same grade, yes. Mm-hmm. And we knew of each other, but we really didn't interact. We were rolling in two different um, social groups. I wouldn't <laughs> say two different didn't. social groups. You saying it like I was popular, so <laughs> I was definitely not. Well, I wasn't either, and we weren't rolling together, so I don't know. Listen, you were the you were the weird religious. Oh girl wow, weird! <laughs> that wore the long <laughs> the long jean skirts. That's how much you didn't know me. Although I, I can say that because I grew up in a family, weird religious family. Yeah. Pentecostal. I'm not weird. calling myself weird. Though. You can call yourself weird. <laughs> it's weird to the rest of the world. I didn't. I like because. People did not understand when you don't understand something that doesn't mean that is weird. You're just unlearned in that area. Ooh, wow. Look at you. Unlearned with the coming with the big words. Girl. <laughs> coming big with the big words. unlearned. <laughs> no, it wasn't. You weren't weird, but it was just always it, <laughs> it was, was just, different. It was different, but yeah. it was always, hey, that's just Christina. And she and I never really it was never anything between us mm-hmm. in seventh grade. And I just find it so weird that. Oh, man, like I so said, we were friends throughout high school. I wouldn't even say friends. We we're like acquaintances. We yeah. would see each other in passing, but there was literally never we'll any. say hi. You say hi. You know, we kept we kept it moving, man. I had yeah. a girlfriend at the time, you know. Of course. I wasn't studying Miss Old Anybody else. I wasn't. <laughs> she right. wasn't in my eye, yo. So, you know, life goes on. We graduate from uh, North Harden, 2003, mm-hmm. in June. And as a matter of fact, man, we have our freaking 20-year Class reunion coming up in June. Oh my gosh. Personally, I don't think I'm going. I really don't care to go. I get it. It's crazy because we've never had a class reunion. I see these fools on Facebook all the time and on <laughs> social media. It's I don't I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. I really don't. It, like what are we what am I gonna get going to the twentieth year reunion? What am I gonna see? There, see there, they go upstairs. <laughs> I didn't try. <laughs> but um, what, are you, do you want to go? I'm not like planning to go. You're going to go. Because I good. think a lot of the people that I want to see, they have moved to other states. So they have families, and it's very hard to pry away from your responsibilities when not everybody is planning to go. So it's, I don't know. We're one of the weird classes, and hey, nobody. Yeah. yeah, we just everybody just kind of graduated, and <laughs> all right, catch y'all on the flip right, side. Right, like, right. I mean, even I'm on the uh, Facebook page for you, and like, there's really not a, there's not a whole lot of interaction with people. There isn't. You know, it's just yeah, 2003 like, was weird. Uh, we were the class. only graduating that I know of that actually had our graduation in the rain, pouring mm-hmm. down, sitting there with our little hats, just flopping away. Um. So it was a good time. I it was. I'm glad that we were able to graduate on the grounds of our high school. Um, we didn't have to go anywhere else. But so, what was your plans directly after high school? Because you know what I was doing. I was going going to fight in the the war. Right. You know, right. I I realized. I told you, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I realized how old I was. I was talking to him. They was asking about the scar on my arm. And my reply was, I got it during the war. Right. And it's just like the war, man. That sound, the way you say that, like, it's sounds so, so old <laughs> because right. the war is gone. And it <laughs> sounds like your grandfather. <laughs> like, let me tell you, son, about this war, war that I fought in. I got it in the war. <laughs> I was just like, did I really just say that? <laughs> <laughs> 
God bless, man. But yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's been a long time. I think my plan, well, I know my plan um, was to go to college, which I did. Uh, my mom, God rest her soul. I say God rest. R.I.P. Baskerville Powell. R.I.P. Rosa. Uh, <laughs> um, she actually, she, she was very much devoted to us going and getting an education because she too got an education in elementary mm-hmm. education. So, I mean, of course she put it in our hands as to what we um, wanted to do or wanted to go after, but she knew which I told her that I wanted to go to school. So she was a very good um, pusher in that and encourager. So I went to Western Kentucky University for a bachelor's degree. And I obtained my bachelor's in social work. Um, And then I went on after a year, after I saw that I wasn't really getting any um, jobs in that area because with a bachelor's degree, you really can't really get anything. So I went forward and I obtained my bachelor, my sorry, my master's in social work. Um, that kind of opened up a lot more doors for me. So. Then you started praying for God to send you a real manly man into your life hmm. because you needed somebody. If you that needed, is how you, you want to a, feel, that a night wasn't with the shiny truth. black skin <laughs> and shiny armor. <laughs> um, not necessarily. <laughs> It's like, where is Dexter? I was really at a point where I was working and I was looking for a change. Something, I I don't know if I was looking for it or if I felt that something was about to happen. Um, And that's when Dexter messaged me on Facebook. <laughs> slid into the, I slid into DMs before sliding into DMs was even a thing. Right. I slid into that I am, that instant messenger app, which I don't know why they changed it to DM. What's the difference between DM and direct message and instant messages? I don't know. Because you're old. That's exactly what I'm about to say. I'm about to be 39 this year. I don't that's understand. Do not understand the difference, y'all. Really don't. I, I, it's pointless. And so, you know, I remember sending her a message, but even before that, it was so weird. Yo, so, after I got hurt in Iraq, mm-hmm. January 2nd, 2005, I was at home on convalescence leave around March, April, I guess, of that year, kind of healing up from all my first initial rounds of surgery. And I was at the bank, all bandaged up, and I, mm-hmm. I'm up here putting some money in the bank. And I look up, and I was like, oh, snaps, it's Christina Powell. Mm-hmm. She, and I noticed, like, the first thing I noticed, man, she ain't wearing no skirt. What's up? Uh, <laughs> things and change. <laughs> she ain't wearing Lord. a long jean <laughs> skirt with the trim on the back. Get you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I, at that time, your mom had just passed, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it was after that year, yeah. Because yep. she, when, when did she die? She died in 2004, correct? 2004. That's mm-hmm. right, 2004. It was uh, breast cancer, right? Mm-hmm. And pneumonia. She had pneumonia in her lungs. That's really what um, what kind of allowed her to pass, or well, not allowed, but was the reason why she passed was the pneumonia that was in both of her lungs. So it wasn't necessarily the cancer, but the side effect or symptom of. So what did that do to you as a young lady starting out into the world on your own, you know, and you got all these plans and all of a sudden the woman that been there for you your whole life, guiding you, loving on you, taking care of you mm-hmm. is all of a sudden gone. What does that do to a young lady? It was, it was very hard because my mom who was a believer of God she believed and she told me 
you know, God's going to heal me. God's going to allow for me to come through. I believe that. Um, so I didn't really see any pain coming from her voice, but I did see pain in her eyes. Um, so after she passed away, it was still a huge shock. She had battled with the cancer as far as going through chemo radiation for my first year in college because she didn't want me to stay at home. She wanted me to go on and pursue an education. So when she passed away, it was as if what I knew had ended. You know, I really didn't know how to move on without my mom and hearing her voice of reason and her wisdom and her direction. But all in all, it was as if when she passed, God gave me peace. And it was that peace that was undescribable. Um, that God, when she left, God had already incorporated women in my life, not to forget my mom at all and the direction and the wisdom that she put within me, but it was the women of the church who really took me in and really helped me as a young lady in college, you know, um, how to care for myself spiritually, you know, mentally, as well as, you know, one day when I did become married, how to care for my husband. So it was, it was God through it, through and through. So I'm very appreciative to all the women and all the mothers who were there for me. Yeah. You know, that's one thing, you know, you and I talk about all the time is mm -hmm. how we both wish that we still had our mothers here and, you know, to kind of love on their kids and mm -hmm. what I would give to have both sets of grandparents still intact and still here. Definitely. You know, that, that would be awesome, but that's not the life that we have. Right. You know, it's unfortunate, but at the same time, our kids know who, you know, grandma Idella is and they know who grandma Rosa is. So mm -hmm. it's all good, man. You know, you know, we found a way to move forward and put it together, you know, despite all the craziness that's unfolding in our lives. But thank God that our lives intersected at a point in time where they did. And at that time, you know, when I saw you in the bank, there was like, there was nothing else there. It was just like, oh man, she looks nice. You know, never, nothing else ever crossed my mind. And, you know, I went on about my way again, got remarried a second time. <laughs> right, right. Horrible decision this time. Horrible decision. But let me, let me stop you right there because you said that nothing really came of when we saw each other at that point. There was another time when we were in high school and we were having this event called the spaghetti dinner. And during, oh, was it senior, spaghetti? Yeah, senior, yes, spaghetti, senior dinner. spaghetti dinner. And this event allowed for the students um, that were graduating to act out like the teachers. teachers. <laughs> <laughs> so Dexter played Coach the Washington. amazing Coach Washington was like the American hero. Man. <laughs> he would wear tidy tight shorts and t-shirts right. full of muscles of the American flag and just be running around the gym with like this flag. Didn't he? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so coach Washington pep rallies was live. They, was right, they were amazing. So when I saw Dexter, cause I was finally able in my senior year to go and do things at school and be a part of things. So that's a whole nother story. But, um, when I saw him at that point, it's kind of like something kind of like, I just, it was different. I saw him, 
but it was something there. But he was with a girlfriend, so I was like, oh, yeah, it's cool guy. You know, <laughs> he's kind of funny. I like that. But so that's the reason why I say that is because when I saw him at the bank, it was like, there is Dexter. He came back and, you know, Such from war. <laughs> <laughs> you like to, like, put things in my mouth that. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> That let's I did listen, not listen. say. Keep this, keep Sir, this PG-13. you man. had to. Keep this that PG- I did my not God. say. My God, what kind of woman of God are you? Dex. <laughs> and, um. <laughs> I'm sorry. And you're going to take that out. <laughs> no, I'm not taking it out. That's part of the show. This no. is the best part of being live. This is the best part. Lord Jesus. <laughs> so, um. Anyways, at that point, it was like something was there, but it wasn't because we said, hi, how are you doing? Kind of like your long time seeing you. And then we parted. I was actually with one of my amazing um, women that was in my life at that time, Sister Ola. So shout out to Sister Ola Williams. I thought um, she's listening, but yes, shout out. But, you know, her <laughs> kids can tell her. <laughs> but... um. So something was there. So like fast forward, of course, to the time where we were both messaging. And what was that that I said in my I don't remember on my Facebook post? Yeah, it was just you always so positive and just you know whatever you're going through in life, <laughs> like the female Joel Osteen. It's gonna Whoa, be okay. Lord. Whatever you're going through, just know God's got keep you. the faith. <laughs> just gotta say I am, I can, and I will. <laughs> I was not like that. <laughs> no, nah, but it was very encouraging. That was at the time. And I just, uh, you know, I recently lost my mom to suicide. Mm-hmm. My sister ran away with all the money and stole my mom's ashes. Right. You know, then we had, uh, you know, I was going through my second divorce at that time. You know, and I was still married, but we were going through the divorce. And, you know, you know I just started kind of hitting Christina, the old Christina pal up, like, man, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, you know, I was living in Louisville. I was already on the police department, you know, so... I was making the drive, like an hour and 45-minute drive mm-hmm. to Bowling Green to see Christina just to go hang out and just kind of be around her. And I remember she came up to light up the church in uh, E-Town. Lifeline Temple. And I had to, mm-hmm. and I, I came out to uh, go visit the church, but I had to leave early, so I got dressed in my police uniform and uh, came back into the service to finish out service and then go to work. You know, it was, uh, man, I was really, really digging her, man. But, mm-hmm. you know, she started playing games with me, y'all. Mm-mm. Started playing games with a brother. What was up with that, man? I was trying to be with you, but you wouldn't be with me. Mm-mm-mm. So Mm-mm-mm. during that time, I was also having a close relationship with God, kind of getting back close. And I just wanted to pray and ask God, like, God, if this is the man that you have for me, I don't want to play games. And I also don't want to jump in saying that we're boyfriend, girlfriend, like we were still getting to know one another. So that's something that people don't do anymore, you know? Yeah. So. Kind of like I was talking to my grandmother the other day. She used the word, uh, you know, I was courting, courting. somebody else. <laughs> I was courting somebody else before I met your granddad. <laughs> it's like courting. <laughs> so, yes, that's when you get to know someone. Of course, you won't find everything out, but it's kind of like. This is us getting to know each other without any of these strings tied to relationship. Because when you start 
saying that you're in a relationship, then that goes to another place. So let's just be friends, get to know one another. And it wasn't even that long that we were getting to know one another. It, it, it blossomed. Quick. A couple of months. It, it blossomed. We quick, were. Man. I was spending a lot of gas money to come see you. And I appreciate you know, it. You better that. be glad it wasn't Joe, Joe Biden's economy back then because <laughs> I wouldn't have been coming as much. That's for sure. I appreciated that. I didn't so, put you on a bus. I put you on the Greyhound to come up and see me. <laughs> I put myself on a bus to come up and see I you. Pay, no, I didn't. I paid for it. No, you didn't. You sure? I'm positive. Or, or did I pay for the extension so you could stay a little longer? That's what it was. What it was. That one time. <laughs> let, let's not get it twisted. <laughs> I was working. Hey, hey, hey. Greyhound, first class. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I was in that first front ground, seat. <laughs> first, first class Greyhound tickets, baby. Those were trying times in oh, my life. Yeah. But... Um, so fast forward, where we fast forward into. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna fast forward to. Uh, so I'd asked her like multiple times. I was like, "Yo, can we like go ahead and make this official?" And she's like, "No, I don't know about this." So my mind, man, I got super upset because I was like, "Man, this girl's playing games." And me, I got I got a lot of trust issues from you know two failed marriages being right. being being made a fool of multiple times. You know, my mom was always like, you wear your heart on your sleeve. You know, you trust too easy. You love too easy. Mm-hmm. So at that point in time, I was like, man, I'm done. I'm cutting this off. I done spent all this gas money to come down to see her. She won't even be my girl. I'm like, what's up with that? So I just devised this plan in my mind. I was like, I'm a man. I'm going to say, I'm going to tell her to her face. <laughs> I'm going to tell her I'm done. This is my last time coming down. I'm through playing these games. So I decided, hey, I'm coming down. I'm going to take you out to this uh, to a dinner. And I just want to tell you face to face. Oh, Charlie's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it old Charlie's? Yep. You sure? I'm positive. It was old Charlie's, yo. So we go out to old Charlie's, yo, and I'm just sitting there. And I tell her, like, you know, we, we're ordering food. Mm-hmm. And I just. Terrible. No. I wanted to tell Terrible you. Terrible idea. It's a great idea. Because <laughs> I'm going to give her a meal. And I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be a man and tell her, like, look, I, I've, been, I've done this multiple times. You keep saying no. I'm done. I think, I think we should just be friends. I'm just going to move on. And I decided I was going to go talk to this other girl in Louisville right. that was wanting to court me as well. And so I remember sitting there t- telling her at the table. And the next thing you know, she just starts crying over the bread rolls. And I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? I didn't think, honestly, I didn't think she was going to care. I was like, man, she ain't going to. She's going to be, okay, whatever, because she don't really care about me anyway. That was my perception. I was like, she's going to be cool with a free meal. And we're just going to go on and do our thing. But the next thing you know, this girl starts crying. These giant tears at the table after I tell her, you know, I don't want to talk to her no more. I'm just going to move on. And I remember our waitress came to the table for something to take our order. Cause that's what we were there for. I thought she had already <laughs> took the order, but no. it, my God. Yo, but yeah. <laughs> the, the waitress just looking at me like you son of a, <laughs> like <laughs> what did you do? Like, and I was just like, okay. Yep. Yep. That's yep. what. That's what. But happened. you had other plans that day, didn't you? I had to go drop off some things. So I was no, like, you no. know, no, you. So I was like, I need to go here, 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 here. So we went and dropped off some uh, Avon. Actually, that's what it was. <laughs> no, but you said that you had wanted to tell me something that day. That's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was because we had planned actually for you to come down, and I had taken off that day. Because I wanted us to talk and to like start a relationship like, hey, you know, I prayed about it and I really feel as though we can be together. So that's why I was crying because you were just like, it's over. And I really cared about you. That's why I was still talking to you. So if I did not want to be with you, 
like other people, I would have been like, sir. But see, I'm used to other people doing that to me. So, exactly. Like I and said, my trauma. And you know what? Because we <laughs> knew each other, we didn't know each other. So you being in relationships prior, I still have to learn who you were. Because let's also have an understanding that when you were wanting to talk to me, you had just freshly been divorced. Separated, I think. Separated. And you told me, like, I need to see them papers first. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like all of this extra, which at the same time, important baggage, pain that you have been going through, it's still very important that you try to get through those things before you start into another relationship. And at that time too, even though I was older, I was still new to like a relationship. You know, I've been out of a relationship for some odd years. I don't know how long the, that person was, but so it, it was a lot that we had to talk about. See, this is you a know? social worker in her y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so that, yeah. so let's talk about the day after you said that you wanted to stop playing games and wanted to go back to Louisville. And I went back to Louisville. You went back to Louisville. And then my friends was like, girl, he did that to you. Don't worry about it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, it, it hurt, which I understand the way that you perceived it. And of course, the way that you, the things that you've gone through, you know, also played into your decision now that I look back on that. I was, or trying, after. To, I was trying to make you wife number three. What's wrong with you? But you just came out of a relationship, <laughs> sir. <laughs> can you go to like somebody to talk to like there's a lot going on during that time it was like i wanted to erase what's happened to me before so i'm gonna just jump into this other relationship thinking that you know everything will be smooth and cop copacetto copacetic copacetto copacetic you know copacetto right Cop <laughs> so so yeah so the next day um, I was at work and I had to work late and I got a call from someone by the name of Dexter Pitts. Oh, Christina, I'm so sorry. I'm I still dispute that. That's, I, I think it was a couple days because I went out on a date. It was a couple days. Probably that night. It was a couple days. I think it was. A, I'm pretty sure it was a couple know. days. I went on a date was. with this other person. And I was it like, was probably two days later. It was not that long. But anyways, it was, it, it was a couple days. It was a couple days. <laughs> So yeah, and I was just like, oh, boy, so, this is not it. So then I was like, you know what? He was like, I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay. I hear you. Okay. Bye. Let you have a little time to think about what you did. No, I'm just kidding. What I did. Like, I did what I did because of you. Let's be honest. Playing games with me, girl. That's what that was. Got time so, for all that. Yeah. So, I mean, then we we got back, started learning one another. Then we became boyfriend and girlfriend. Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving of two thousand and ten. Nine, ten. Ten. No, was it two thousand? Jesus, boy, we getting old. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. It is two thousand ten. No, eleven. No, eleven. Eleven. Because we got married 11, in twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Yep. My bad, y'all. So it was two thousand. <laughs> it's all. Blended together over the right. years. Because it was a very <laughs> short period of 
courting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we got engaged yeah. on March the sixth. I remember I took her up to uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, to meet my family mm-hmm. to get my auntie's stamp Wonderful of approval. Yeah. My auntie, my auntie Allie, she approved. I was like, bet. Then next thing you know, we get married in this little shotgun wedding. I would call it at the church. It was not a shotgun you know, wedding. It felt like a shotgun wedding. The cake was. Starting to oh, defrost and terrible. starting to gangster leaning. <laughs> Waiting the we pastor was late getting to the building. <laughs> Dexter Holt, why did you have the cake? You I had to, yeah, the I picked cake. up the cake. Yo, it was nice and humid out. Right. <laughs> the cake was defrosted. And then I was there too, but I was like, Dexter, don't look at me. I was in the car. Don't look at me. Yeah. It was it was yeah. interesting, hey, but I was, boy, I was in the back. I was starting to second guess everything. I was like, "This is <laughs> maybe I shouldn't do this again." Maybe the cake maybe melting I, is a sign. It, to me, it was all a sign, y'all. I was like, "Yo, like, I was nervous for both like for this one." Like, the first two times I got married, I wasn't even nervous. Like, ah, let's do it. This one, I was like, "Man, the ooh, third boy, should I should I go through this? Do I really want to get married again?" Yeah, and then, you know, for me, that was always one thing I told myself. I said I would never get married again, but I also said I want to have a family. Mm-hmm. You know, because I remember what it was like for me after my divorce. You know, I bought this house with my second wife. You know, and mm-hmm. a, I'd be in this giant house, and it was like, man, I bought this house so I could have a family in here, and no family. And everything, you know, just kind of shattered. You know, so it was just kind of like, man. And then I decided to take that step again in August. Mm-hmm. August 11th, yes, 2012. <laughs> <laughs> Had to hesitate to say. August, August 11th, 2012. We tied the knot and said, I do. And I just remember you and your daddy walking down the aisle. Oh, that was so slow. Terrible. Painstakingly <laughs> slow, terrible. boy. I was like, yo, what they. You know, so my amazing father is. He's a big man. Former military, six, three, four. And he's got his. Was it like a military-looking suit? I can't even remember. But it wasn't military. But <laughs> he was just head straight, not going to cry, but I'm going to whisper things to my daughter so that she cries. I was like, what was she? he was telling me that um, if your mother was here, she'll be so proud. I'm like, what? How would you say that while I'm walking? So, yeah, it was the longest. I think we actually took us, like, the whole song. Yes. It was the It long- was, like, one step. It was, like, a 30-feet, 30 30-foot 30 runway. Two steps. Y'all took every. <laughs> that, but all in all, it was a very good, wonderful wedding for what we wanted because we really didn't want nothing big. I gave um, her the option since it was marriage number three. Option. I was like, yo, I was like, so here's the deal. I got some money saved. I was like, we can have a small wedding, nice honeymoon, big wedding, no honeymoon. <laughs> Terrible. The best one out the bunch. <laughs> treated me, treated me bad. Nah. Oh wow. But <laughs> but um but yeah, it was it was great. So yeah, so we get married and so you first marriage, marry me, mm-hmm. a police officer. Did you have any and a veteran? Did you have any sort of expectation or belief? coming into this marriage knowing that you're marrying a cop what was your what was really in your mind and what were your friends saying because i know one of your friends was like girl don't mm, mm. i know about the don't police, officers. About no police officer mm-hmm. they be cheating but um no no actually no i really never had any ill feelings towards 
police officers that was just never and I knew that you enjoyed what you did that you were good at it and say it again for the people mm -mm. (laughs) and um that was your love and desire so I love that about you and as far as like the military or prior military service my dad was also in the military so I love a military man like honestly I love the structure, the not really structure, but somewhat. <laughs> and you love the free track hair and the disability. Track hair be cut out though. But um, as I tell her, that's why she stayed with me. The benefits. <laughs> it's a headache. That track hair make them. That, hey, that track hair make the ladies get right, boy. Let me tell you. Mm. <laughs> when that VA hit on, when that VA check hit on the first. Mm-hmm. Goes to savings. <laughs> <laughs> Try to, <laughs> at least. So, um, so yeah, it was mainly like I knew the person that you were in high school and the person that you've become over time, whether it be pain, um, joyous times. It just really crafted you into the man that you were and that I learned of. So it was it was never like a fear. I didn't really feel like, when you go to work, you're not going to come home. I don't know. Some women, they talk to me about that over, over the years. And I'm just like, I really don't get that. I pray and I believe that God is going to be with you. And then also knew your coworkers. And I knew that you all had each other's backs. Um, but I also didn't really know what you encountered because <laughs> you won't let me do ride along. No. So until I started hearing about what you encountered, then I'm like, hmm, hold up, this happened. So that kind of like pushed up some like, man, I hope he comes home. Like, I wonder what is going on. <clears throat> you know, I wonder what he has to encounter during his shift. Um, and a lot of things you would tell me, and I think some things you didn't just because when you get home, you try to like decompress, um, because a lot of what you see and what you hear. So all in all, just praying for you every day, just believing that God's going to bring you home. I'll tell you what used to get me when we first got married. She tried so hard to be this awesome wife. Mm -hmm. And the problem was, I don't, I guess her mom raised her to really take care of her husband. So every time I would come home from shift, <laughs> there'd be like a spread of food. And I mean, this was like Thanksgiving it was every like day. It. it was a lot. It was like it, three it, it sides. Was a, it was a <laughs> lot. Y'all. It, it was a, like seven and I hate five. to be a man that complains about my wife cooking a meal, but you know, I would come home and I was like, I can't eat all this. I'm already fat. I'm trying to get in shape. And it was just, and I told her one day, I was like, babe, can I talk to you real quick? I love what you're doing. Holding down the fort for me, Bill. But, uh, you ain't say all that. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, yes I did. Yes, this I did. is too much. I was just like, I hey, I was like, you think you can slow down on the cooking a little bit and go a little simple? <laughs> Yo, and she just got so mad. I've never seen anybody so furious. Get, you was hurt. I was hurt. I, I've never seen anybody so furiously put away food and mashed potatoes. <laughs> you know, just like the way she was slapping it back into I like wasn't the dish. I doing it just, like that. <laughs> just, like this mother. <laughs> I was like, this is what I, what came through into my ears was that if, well, what I wanted to say or what I said later on is that 
if you didn't want it, just don't eat that. If you don't want that extra side, just don't eat it. But I understand communication is important. So then I slid away from making you so much. And I was like, cook your own food. No, I was kidding. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. I remember she got mad at me because I wouldn't let her do my laundry. She was like, you won't let me be a wife. Like, <laughs> that's not, I don't need you. To, I can wash my own drawers, man. Adela Pitts taught me how to wash. Take, let me take some stuff off your plate. Well, yeah. here's the thing. I wasn't working at the time. I was trying to find a job. So I have plenty of time during the day to help you and do what I saw my mother doing. So... But over time, after children, I'm like, thank you so much for doing that. Appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. But yeah, so you know, we you know we we get married. And we're young. We're God. Well, I wouldn't say young. We were right. Twenty <laughs> old these days. Twenty eight. Twenty nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Twenty seven. Yeah, I was you know, well seasoned in life at that point. You know, but so you know, we have these plans. We're like, you know what? We're gonna pay some stuff off, do some traveling, have some fun. But it turns out that we had a little too much fun at one point in time in the early, very early stages of our marriage, either before the honeymoon or on the honeymoon. It was before. And I remember. It was probably six weeks when we went on our honeymoon. Five she kept saying, weeks. I think I'm pregnant. I'm like, you shut your mouth. Don't you speak that evil. We're not, not pregnant. <laughs> Don't you speak that to me. Because yeah. it's like, why? It, Dexter, he knows, but it was like, why? How? Sir, I know my body. It wasn't part of the plan. It was not part of the plan. And that's something that people would tell him, you know, of course, after you get married, what's the second thing? When you're going to have kids. So he was like, no, I'm not going to have any. We're not having kids early because we're going to pay off these bills. That's school And then we're going to travel. And then we can have kids. And they would crack up in his face. And I did too because I'm like, sir, things Life happens, you know, things don't go as planned all the time. And in our case, it did not go as planned at no. all. And but I remember she kept telling me, like, it was like, what you told me, I told you three once. or four times. No, it was like three or four times you think you're pregnant. I'm like, you're not pregnant. I don't know why I thought that. I've never been pregnant. So yeah, you just knew it, yo. And I just, yeah. And I didn't believe her. And I was at work driving and I got a text and it was a picture of a, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Positive pregnancy test. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out, like, and I call, like, what, what am I looking at? I'm pregnant. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Oh, how this happened. <laughs> right. This is not part of the plan, God. And, and man, that, and I'll tell you what, people, most people say that when they find out they're pregnant, oh, my God, we're so excited. I was depressed because at that point in time, you know, I had grown a lot from all I've been through, but I was still kind of a, I was a selfish person. Like, you know, when you're mm-hmm. young and you don't have kids, it's all about me, 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 you know, my wife and me and, I could get up and go to the gym, do what I want. I used to go to movies, mom. I said, whatever, man. I just did whatever I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I, the thought of having to put this life before every, before myself, like it never registered, you know? So, man, I mean, and, by, and at that time we had a whole bunch of debt. Like she had a whole bunch of college loans and I was just deciding, man, I'm going to work. You know, we got on the Dave Ramsey program and mm-hmm. the next thing you know, you know, we get all this stuff paid off. And then we and had Brooklyn. Yeah. It was like right on time. We, we sold still our had house. A few things. Remember when we sold the house and you were so I mad was at depressed. me? She was so <laughs> mad at me. She, when I sold my fir- the house I had bought for my first marriage, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, excuse me. The second, yeah. <laughs> sorry, yeah they, get, they get mixed up after a while. Kind of like my family still calls you by the wife, the name of my second wife. <laughs> well, our names are very similar. And I don't, 
Desta, Desta, tell uh, Desta, tell Christine. I know it's said, like Christine. Uh, I'm like Auntie. You know, I'll tell Christina. You said hi. <laughs> okay, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm both light skinned I mean, I got to type clearly, clearly. <laughs> but yeah, you know, we sold the house and we moved into a uh, small two bedroom, two bath courtesy apartment on the third floor. My God, that was a horrible, mm-hmm. horrible place. Shout out to my boy Mike Jackson. Thank on you, Mike. PD for letting me get that apartment. <laughs> I mean, I think we were paying like three hundred dollars a month for that thing. It was like two fifty. Yeah, it was like two hundred. Yeah, it was cheap. And then water. Yeah, yeah. It, it was nice, yo. So we was able to pay off all this debt, yo. But next thing you know, I'm sitting here. We, you know, water pops. And the best part, man, the the, the day she gave birth, I go to the hospital. And there's another guy that I work with, my buddy Cameron Leak. His wife is at the hospital. I'm going past, like, hey, Cam, what are y'all doing here? Baby's coming. I'm like, hey, so is ours. And there, there's another two other guys from my division at that time that their wives were giving birth on the same day. Mm-hmm. And I remember as we were there, I see an LMPD car pull up. It's a one of our one of my partners, Billy. His wife was giving birth in the back of his police car. You know, so yeah, I think it was like was six crazy. or seven of us all from the same division at the same time you know, that crazy. all had our kids on the same day. It, it was <laughs> absolutely wild. How we synchronize those nuts, I don't know how, but that's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah, so so you know, we go through that. I'm still going through policing. Now with you with us being married a little bit at this time before mm-hmm. we had our second child, did you notice any difference with me in reference to b- being a police officer working in the hood? Any changes or as you start to get accustomed to the life of being a police wife? You know what? As far as you working Mm-hmm. Or as far as like just the dangerous, any of it, just of the job. any changes that you noticed, or because at that time I was also on the task force too. Right, it was a lot because I I tell you now I don't know how I did it. I really don't because now I'm like worn out and the kids are older. <laughs> <laughs> so then I had to do everything pretty much for them because you were working, you know, as a police officer. Then you had your off duty jobs you know, trying to get bills paid off. Um, So you were just gung-ho into your job, working. I'm trying to think during that time, you were kind of trying to come away from, like, working so much because now we have Brooklyn. Um, And then at that time, you really didn't have to push so hard. But um, I don't know if anything really really changed so let me ask you a question i want you to be super honest as much as i love policing did you ever feel like i loved the job more than i loved you all love no or prioritize it prioritize yes but it's kind of hard to really answer that question with just one word because it just groups it all into something when you look at it more negative because prioritize means that you're putting your all into your job because that's what you enjoy doing. And you're kind of leaving your family, thus not being a priority, but you didn't really do that. Okay. You did something that you enjoyed, but you got paid for it knowing that you were taking care of your family. So it was like the push for us to have better to not be living in debt. So that's what pushed you. So that's the way I saw it. 
So when you went to the task forces, I saw it too as, man, Dexter really wants to do this. This is a dream that he has to be with the marshals, you know. And I saw it as it's not going to take away more time from us because it's just something different. So all in all, I think from like just us being married and just me learning over time, yeah, it was hard, you know, but I also looked at it as he's going to work for for us to get out of this hole. You know, I, I remember, yeah, you you was you've always handled business as Mama Bear. I be I get that. You really have always held it down, always supported me. But the one thing I I love the story, y'all. <laughs> the mm-hmm. one thing I remember what? I remember coming home. Oh yeah. When I was on uh <laughs> I think I was on the mid shift, yo, and it was like the best shift ever. Hopefully I'll be going back to that shift in a couple of weeks. Please Lord. Please God, yo. But I remember I got off at like one o'clock and I came home and I remember opening the door and coming through the door. And I didn't even get to step into the to the house. Didn't Christina, take off no dirty clothes. I don't <laughs> no, care. Yeah, no, no, take off uniform. Nothing. Christina meets me at the door <laughs> with our daughter, hands her to me. It's like here you go. It doesn't say a word. I don't say nothing. Turn, turns around, close the door. Goes of in the my room, bedroom. close the door, and, hell, and I'm just sitting there dirty, holding this little my daughter. Like, yo, what the hell just happened? Like, yo, and I just saw it on her face, like she had had it. She it was she was over for the day, and I was just like, oh my god, like, and I just like, man, well, I guess I don't know what to do. <laughs> Better not come in that door. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. So I just took what I, took I don't my even stuff remember off. what happened. <laughs> I remember that point just as what you explained, but she probably was crying, and I was tired, and I'm like looking at the clock. He's almost home. Here, take her. You want to have another one? <laughs> sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. No, nah, I'm straight. <laughs> I got my kids, my I got the neighbors' kids up the street to deal Our with. Our kids yo. sleep through the night. Yeah, I am not going through that again. Yeah, yeah, that was my God, that was rough. So yo, that bro. was a, and then when DJ came, it was two little <laughs> rascals. See, I got the raw end of the deal on that one because right after, remember, at, right after you gave birth, oh, you had yeah. what was your appendix burst? No, they were almost. They weren't even almost, but the doctor said, if we don't take it out now, it could cause problems in the future. Let me tell y'all so, something. Y'all. <laughs> like, I'm I, a man. Well. I've been to Iraq. I've policed in the good, in the hood for many years. I've done some <laughs> stressful things. Oh, now I have never been stressed out. I, the time I was most stressed out in my life, yo, was when <laughs> after my wife gave birth, I got a, it was Brooklyn like, was how old? Like two? She was two. It was at, it was not right after because it was probably like, Three or four weeks. Yes. After. So I got a two-year-old by myself, and then my wife goes into the hospital to have surgery. And I'm just like sitting here with a two-year-old and a two-week-old baby. And mind you, DJ was being breastfed, and we had not given him any formula. So at that time, they had to give me medication to take the x-rays, and I couldn't pump. I couldn't do anything. And DJ is screaming his head off. In the hospital, and the they're like, we're gonna go to the NICU. Dexter had to take the babies to Walgreens to go find him some formula. Oh my god! And he Jesus, couldn't find no formula. Oh my god! <laughs> and I was oh like, my oh my gosh, you can never prepare for anything like oh, that. Oh man! And I was just like, God, I don't know, I'm gonna do this. Right. And that's when I really, I was like, I, I don't think men, I don't think we appreciate how much our significant others or our wives really do for us, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to. Raising children, yo, like moms are important, dads are important, yo, but there's just something special about mama that I 
nobody can explain it, yo, but man, when she, when you were not in that picture and it was just me with the kids by myself, I was like, oh my God, like my whole world shattered and collapsed. And like I tell you, I go to, it's easy for me to deal with this stuff on the battlefield because you have the FM 7-8, the infantry manual that tells you if enemy do this, you do this. Right. At work, if they do this, you do this. You got an SOP manual. There was no manual for being a new dad with a two-year-old and a two-week-old, you know, and no wife in the picture because she's in, in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I just had to figure it out. And I honestly didn't think I had the capability to do it, man. And Sometimes you have to go through that, you know, in order to trust that they came out alive, you know. Brooklyn, you took Brooklyn to daycare that next morning. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> you had DJ. So, I mean, you have – sometimes you have to face – the uncertainty or being uncomfortable to know that you had it and you you had strength to go through it. So yeah. you came out, you were fine. Yeah, and remember when I had the bright ideal to save money? Oh yeah. I was like, man, I was gonna leave my position and dap in the which I absolutely loved. They were to go to night shift, right? So that when to I got off, money. I could we didn't have to pay daycare. And I was like, yo, like we're paying we were paying like a thousand thirteen hundred dollars a month in daycare. Yes. And I was like, man, you know what, like. I don't want to pay that much money. I'm going to just get up, go to night shift. When I get off, I'll stay and watch my kids. And I know Dex. And I told him the whole time, that is very commendable of you. I really appreciate that. But it's it's going to be hard. Oh, I can do it. So we go to this, like, <laughs> educational store. He bought, like, this education book where they can go through the days of the week and this little pointer. Time. And he had this whole plan all set out. And the first day comes. And Brooklyn, I come home and Brooklyn's playing with the stick. (laughs) All the little pieces are everywhere. (laughs) He's like, I can't do it. (laughs) I'm like, thank you for trying. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was a quick filled attempt, yo. And I'm glad I did not submit that form to, oh my (laughs) God. And I would have been stuck, yo. Like, oh my dear Jesus. Yeah. So, you know, we're going through all these life changes, yo. Let me. With me being a combat veteran, and you know I have PTSD or PTS, or I, what some people, I don't know what people call PTSD, but they got all these cute cuts, cutesy names for it. It's, it's post-traumatic growth syndrome, and I, I don't know. The doctors say it's called PTSD. I'm calling it PTSD. Right, that's what we don't call I, it. PTS, I get out of here, man. That's all. don't really matter. I ain't right. That's what I know. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I, I can tell y'all. Right. I ain't right. I can't get right. You know, but. Did you notice any of the symptoms from the time? Well, you remember it was actually when I was pregnant with Brooklyn. I think it really compounds and comes to fruition when you um, are you stressed. No, I'm joking. <laughs> he did not do that. But when you're really stressed and at that point of finding out that you were about to have a child and we were so engulfed in bills and it wasn't at a place where you felt comfortable that it was time that you pretty much kind of like put yourself out of the picture in a sense and was just like gung-ho to paying off so throughout the pregnancy it was just you were working 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 so you remember what you said when brooklyn was born you didn't really feel anything oh yeah prior to her being born and then days a day after it was a couple of days a couple of days after 
and then something kind of like clicked in you Mm -hmm. and it was like i have a baby i love her so you went and got her a little stuffed animal and got her some formula got her some formula (laughs) i'm gonna take care of this baby i love her and then you came home was like i love her i love you I appreciate it. it was like something clicked. And at that time I didn't understand none of it. I'm just like hurt because you're not showing any type of nothing. So I remember one time I went to a um, therapist meeting with you because you had gotten into like this slum and I was like, you know, Dexter, let's talk about it. Like what's wrong. And you were like totally cut off just sitting there like a little zombie. So then the therapist kind of explained to me that when you go through these times, I guess when it's like symptoms of the PTSD, you kind of um, push yourself away or put uh, push others away. And I have to give you that time and I'm not used to that, you know? So that's kind of like what I saw. That was like the first instance of the PTSD that I saw. Um, and still at that time I didn't understand it, but I kind of read up a little bit more about it, you know, after you kind of came, came out of that, um, period, we talked about it. So, mm-hmm. how, so how, how did that make you feel going through all that? Did it feel like, did you feel like you had made a mistake marrying me or like, man, like this is not what I signed up for? It was like, I was really questioning like what all encompass. It wasn't a question as to why I married you or I shouldn't have married you because everybody comes with their own baggage. I have issues, um, of course, as well. So it was, I don't know how, and I have to try to separate my emotions and feelings from trying to understand where you are and what you're able to provide at that time. So that was hard for me because of course, when somebody has pushed you away, it's immediately your emotions arise. And it's like, well, they don't want me. They don't want, because I had to overcome that to really see you and where you were and not try to put it back on myself. So that was, that was hard because then I have to also be there for the kids and try to block myself in my emotions because their emotional um, feelings are, you know, even though they're children, you know, they don't know how to express themselves. They sense everything that goes on. Exactly. Exactly. So it was like, it was a lot, (laughs) it was a lot for me, but I knew like in that place where you were, I couldn't just like, tell you this is what you're doing to me this is what you're doing to the kids because that's gonna further keep you so I'm like when he gets out of this we gonna talk (laughs) (laughs) not this is what you did but kind of like I need to understand you know I want you to understand where I am and what I had going on during that time but also it's very important for me to understand like what it what what it was like for you well, definitely not a fun time, you know. So we're gonna fast forward mm-hmm. through the time constraint show. So, you know, we built this beautiful life together. You know, I, we I buy you this nice, beautiful house out in what was it the Copper or Cooper Farm? No, not no, Cooper Farm. That was the first one. Oh, uh, Jesus! Woo. What was the name of that place? I can't. Even, 
Bought you that nice, expensive home, yo. And I was like, yo, we're here. You know, this is where I decided we was going to. This is our forever home. This is our forever home. <laughs> and we're here. I got I'm at the position I love on the police department. Yeah, the kids are everything doing well, yo. Going then, well. then I hear the Border Patrol starts calling me. And I tell you, hey, you knew, like, I always wanted to be a Fed. <laughs> you knew this. Like, in. I always wanted to be a federal agent, yo. And, they, and you were like, and I mean, we talked about this even before it came time. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Remember, I, we were in the apartment. I looked. They were talking about something in Arizona with the border patrol, and I was looking at the TV. I was like, "Hey, what did you think of moving to Arizona? Me doing that?" What did I say? I don't even remember. It wasn't. It wasn't positive. <laughs> I wasn't mean. Well, but you I was weren't like, mean, yo. But you're like, well, uh, sit yourself down. I didn't so say like, that. I'm like <laughs> Arizona. What? And I was like, can they find somewhere like east? <laughs> <laughs> northern southern <laughs> why all the way over there so it was like in the back of my mind like yeah maybe one day but we i don't know about that yeah yeah and then the next thing you know i think i applied for the job like twice and didn't get it i couldn't pass the yeah. spanish portion surprise <laughs> <laughs> then trump gets in the office yeah. and he exempts anybody military or current current or prior law enforcement from having to take the test. And the next thing you know, putting the house on the market. And <laughs> next thing you know, a couple months later, I'm on the getting ready to go on the plane. I was to for six months to be away from my family to go to Border Patrol Academy training. Mm-mm. And I still remember, you know, like I think I put the video on my on uh, my Instagram. If you're not following me, be sure to follow me on I am Pitts One, the number one on Instagram, yo. But my son sitting there with me. And I'm getting ready to go to the academy, sitting oh. there eating a big old bowl of oatmeal. How old was he? God, DJ two, was. This was three, 2018. So, yeah. Two. two and a half. Yeah. yeah. He was like, you going on a plane, daddy? Like, yep, going on a plane. Yeah. You can't leave, daddy. You can't leave, daddy. You can't leave. You can't go. You can't leave. <laughs> I was just like, oh, God. <laughs> Brookie was sitting on my lap. And she was so sad. Like, And I was like, man, should I go through with this? Show? And I just remembered. I was like, man, I got it. I got to go. Because in my mind, you're like, our, we were doing well. Like, we, man, we, we were doing the best at that point financially we'd ever been. Mm, we, we had, had paid no bills. Everything. All we had, we had no car notes. All we had was a mortgage. I mean, we was just at that point, money. though, we did, you did buy my car. Yeah. In but that was. Of me getting the job, and I didn't want you with that junky. <laughs> my little car, post thing. Oh, boy, the ceiling was like, the little cloth was coming down, so the kids had to, like, move it out the way. <laughs> And I'm like, Dex, it's okay. I can just pin cushion it up. <laughs> Been wrecked once, my bad. No, wrecked, wrecked once my by, car wrecked once by, by me and somebody else hit it downtown. I'm like, dude, get off my car. Yeah, yeah somebody hit it, but the back door wouldn't work, so the kids had to go on one side. So yeah, it did his job. <laughs> that's Dex was that's like, I don't Dave want another bill. That's our Dave Ramsey car, right, bro. That was, it yeah, was. Oh my god. And, yeah, like how how does how does a man love you, respect you, let you drive that? <laughs> Somebody told you. That. <laughs> you better go out and get, get your girl. wife a car. Yeah, they, so I knew I was gonna be gone for like six months, yo. So I got her a nice, nicer, newer car, and that's super expensive, hey, but still, I love it. it. it got her. She's still rocking it, man. I still rocking it. that car, yo. But mm-hmm. so I'm in Border Patrol Academy training. Mm-hmm. What's going on with you here without me? Well, I was no longer working at my job, which was in social work with people with mental illness as well as intellectual disabilities. So I knew, and it was kind of a hard time in my job at that time as well, because we had to go out a lot, which put me away from the kids and my family and Dexter was working different hours. So 
it was bringing a lot of stress. So I felt as though him going was like the perfect time for me to stop working at that job. So I worked a little part-time while the kids were in daycare and DJ was home with me on certain days. So it was, it was hard. And actually when he left to go on the plane, it was like, my world was like crushed. Oh, this nigga did not just leave me with right. two kids. <laughs> I just walking away, I bust out crying. <laughs> I'm like, oh. like what am I gonna do? Why he just gonna leave? This was like the longest. Well, this was like the only time you've really we've really been away from each other. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. it was it was a lot harder than I anticipated. You know, I told my buddies, I was like, yo, I didn't realize yo, so when I was 19 and in Iraq, I didn't understand the guy, what it was like for the guys that were married and had kids, mm-hmm. what it was like for them leaving for up to a year or more. Could, and not mm-hmm. knowing if you're, you're going to come home alive. Right. Yo, I did not I did not realize or respect that enough. I had no clue mm-hmm. what it was like until I had a family of my own. Yo, then it's just like, now, of course, my life wasn't in danger, yo, but not being next to your wife and kids every day that you've been mm-hmm. seeing since they were born. You know, it was, it was rough, man. And when I got down there, you know, I was like, man, I called you all the time. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm ready to come. This is hard. Man, this is horrible, like it. man. It, it was like, the <laughs> and I'm like, Dexter, you there. <laughs> Shoot. Might as well finish it out. Exactly. You know, it was, oh man. You ain't every, coming home. every day, man, every day. I just, man, dreaded, hated it, man. I, and then I finally graduated. Yes. And, and then I, what, I forgot what happened. We, uh, Fly back to uh, Kentucky, load up the U-Haul, the uh, the Penske truck. Yeah. And we drive four days across country. You by yourself with two kids in your car. <laughs> Me driving that big old yellow Penske truck. Yeah. <laughs> All the way to Arizona, you know. So Pull it up to South. No, what was about Sierra Vista. South, you know? <laughs> yeah, Sierra, Sierra Vista. Vista. So what was your thoughts of me starting this new career, leaving, walking away from what you know I love? So initially, like you said, when it first came into your mind, as far as like particularly the Border Patrol, it was kind of like coming to like, this is real. I was like, this is all we know. Are you sure you're going to like it? Like, because... I know Dexter, we've been married now for 10 years, going on 11. And I know things that inspire him. I know things that bring joy. I know how he gets his peace. So, and we're also both believers. So when he told me that he wanted to do this, of course, I'm always like supportive. Definitely if it's something that is going to help, you know, someone else, but also bring you joy. When he was downtown DAP, he was like living the life. Like I'm going into homes trying to get people to, to comply with the rules that are set before them. And he's like driving four by fours and I'm (laughs) worn out, tired, trying to to concerts. Exactly. And I'm just like, how you never work? And I'm over here working for a penny. (laughs) And you are enjoying the life. So it was very, I didn't understand. Like I understand a dream, but this is the dream of you with your comrades. If I should say other police officers and y'all are loving it. 
you are serving the community and like to see you touch the lives of the people downtown and the people that are coming through the city, that was like, you couldn't explain that. You couldn't fake that. You couldn't get it from anywhere else. No. At all. Very so unique time. I would ask why I feel your calling is here. <laughs> why are you leaving? And I did not. And I'm just like fighting. I did not want to go. <laughs> you ha- This has been like the 50th change in two years, but like five years. And I just didn't understand it. So I guess. It wasn't when- a change. Well, that was the 50th change. As far as like moving from the house, that was a big oh, thing because yeah. you know I didn't yeah, we have were no still house in county though. Growing up, yeah, we were still. But I'm in talking county. about the different changes, you know, going through life. That's just life. Yeah. But this was a big change. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was yeah, like, do we prayed about it? Like, do you really feel like? <laughs> do we need to like go deep into the courts of courts? You know, so when it started coming to being very close and he was excited. I mean, he was like, this is my life. This is our life. And it wasn't just him. It was, you know, you don't have to work anymore. You can, if that's not what you want to do, that was the main driver. you can go and do something that you want to do and take care of the kids. <clears throat> and it was so much underneath that. So I was like, you know what? If this is something, this is something new. And we had a backup plan, though. We were like, if it don't work out, we'll just move to Indiana. (laughs) (laughs) The kids will go to school for free because of your benefits. You're welcome. Uh, (laughs) I can't even say you're welcome. Look at DJ's fingers underneath the door. And um, I'll pull them in here at the end of the show to say hi to the people. So I was like, okay, we're going. We're going. So I'm set to going to Arizona, you know. Get there. Get there. We're excited. You know, then Dexter goes and works. Border. Po Border Patrol officers tell Dexter he's not the police officer. The police oh officer. <laughs> that, that, was, <laughs> that was a shocker to him. Because, like I said, he enjoys serving people. He is a people person. So the case in point, when you go Border Patrol, you're keeping people who are speaking a different language than you, who do not understand, who has a focus to come for freedom or come for family, a better family life for their family. For freedom. Freedom said, from... saying it like there's uh, slaves in the South. But they want to come to the United States. <laughs> Supposedly we're free here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we are. But um, so... I knew, like, that's not what drives him. That's not where his heart is. So where was your heart during this time? When I'm clearly not enjoying my life. (laughs) It's like his life that he thought was, like, going to be grand was, like, all shattering. And I'm like, dude, I told you. (laughs) (laughs) But you had to see it for yourself. So I'm like, we're going to make this work. You go to work and you like it. <laughs> oh yeah, see, I remember, I remember because we got the rental in Sierra Vista. I loved Arizona. I don't know, but yeah, loved it. we all loved Arizona. It was a unique experience. It was super nice, yo. But it was a. Uh, I remember Christina when I told her, "Hey, 
I'm leaving the Border Patrol and I'm going to the small police department in Sarita where I got some hookups and they said they're going to let me be a cop up here. And you and I remember your response was, I'm nesting. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm nesting. Explain to the people what nesting is. For so actually, mothers understand. Actually, nesting is when you are about to bring forth your beautiful child. So before you are, you have your child, um, you're getting your, your home ready. You're getting your home organized. You're getting it set for your child to come home and be comfortable and for you also to be comfortable in your home. So this is something I believe that's more so psychological in a, in a mother. It's not something that we force ourselves to do, but it's just innate in us. It's amazing. So when we were in Sierra Vista, it was like four months. It wasn't four no, months. No, it was, it was there about six. Six months. And I'm like still trying to get settled. Get settled. I have no friends, you know, and it's like a place that I wouldn't say is very um, ethnic. ethnic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's ethnic. Just not. Right. It's not, not African-Americans. Hey, you blend them more with the populace down there with that light skin than I did. Right. Right. And they're like, <laughs> go to the Walmart. Oh, my gosh. You know, speaking <laughs> Spanish. And they're like, I love Speak your Spanish hair. Again. How they, how they... No. <laughs> so it was just a time that I was just trying to find myself in the West. Um, we were trying to find a church. You know, like I said, I was trying to find friends, didn't find anybody. But when I did see someone that was African-American, I was like, oh, <laughs> there they are. I'm just staring them down like. What am I to say? Can you be my friend? <laughs> because at the same time, not that I'm just like geared more towards African Americans. That's not. I'm not like. Sounds that. like it. I'm not. I'm not. I have. I know you're not. I know all you're types not. of friends. I'm not like. That's exactly oh my gosh. What a small, closed-minded person would say. No, right. right. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but you know, it was so much more than that. It was. I need to get my hair done. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was the biggest. You used to have to drive all the way to Tucson, Tucson to, to find hair products. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> <Black> hair products. <laughs> Brooklyn Pothang is looking like, yeah, I need some direction. I, I need... couldn't even find a barber, a good local barber. So we went to Tucson oh my God. for a barber. For a haircut. Man. Yeah. Jesus. We found places here, Vista, and they were okay. It was, it was yeah, just okay. <laughs> just okay. So it was us trying to find our place. We couldn't necessarily pick up from where we left in Louisville, totally different. Um, so finding who we are. So it was like Dexter was ripping that from me where I was trying to find. And then I'm like, well, I got to go to Sarita, Sawarita, <laughs> to try to find my place there. Well, yeah, that so was it was, it's, yeah. it was hard. And I was trying to explain to him, <laughs> it's not easy for me. And I wasn't you know, hearing it. Exactly. Rude. What people don't understand for me, you know, like, I know you shouldn't your job in America, your job's not supposed to be like the center of your life and bring you joy. Yo, mm -hmm. But I've always felt that I've had the privilege of having a job that right. I liked and loved every day. I don't know what it's like to be the average American person that gets up and goes to a job every day that they absolutely hate. I never had that. Right. So for me, I'm now getting up, driving across the desert 45, 50 minutes mm -hmm. to go to this place that I absolutely hated. It, it was so mm -hmm. foreign to me. You know? And so 
I don't know how people go to these jobs that they hate and then go home and just be at home and have a good time with their family when you know you got to get back up and come back to this raggedy place the next day. But you know what? I believe that I some people that. can separate that. I could They have just that ability, especially if you've done it for so long. It's kind of like you get into like this, this hamster wheel yeah. of like, okay, now it's time for me to get off my hamster wheel, go home and enjoy. That's where I have my peace. That's where I have my joy. And then the next day, because I need to provide for my family, I know this job will do that. I'm going to go get the job that done. sounds like a miserable experience. And come because they haven't experienced that job that they find joy in. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I had it and I walked away from yeah. it. And I was like, yo, I was the most miserable I've ever been. I remember you just looking at me every day like, Bro, what is wrong with you? Like, I was depressed. Yeah. Like, I literally had the best job in the world. Yo, and I traded it in and walked away, you know, to go chase a dream. That's why I have the chapter in my book, Chasing Dreams, Catching Nightmares. Yo, like, mm-hmm. I had this dream of being a federal agent. I caught it, and it was a nightmare. Yo, and I never realized how much I love being a police officer until I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, I'm like, man, I'm going to go back to being a cop. Cause I don't want to have to move all the way back to all the way back, back East to you know, Kentucky, Indiana. I want this yeah. to still work. I still, it, man, cause it I, we loved Arizona. Yeah. We loved, I had friends there. You know, my boy, Stu and Johanny, shout out to them. Lorena, Thomas Sanchez, all of them, man. My, you know, board the patrol Academy class. Family. Yep. The <laughs> Erica, Alfonso. Yeah. Like we had made such, made a life. Everything was perfect and right in Arizona, except for my job. And I'm one of those people. I can't, go to a job every day that I hate and just work. I can't. Mm-hmm. My job is ingrained in me as a cop. And I think that's the special thing about law enforcement. It's a culture. Mm-hmm. It's more than a career. It's, it's a literally a lifestyle. Yo, mm-hmm. and I, I thought the lifestyle would be similar, yo, but it was so different mm-hmm. in the feds. Yo, and it was just counter to what I thought it was going to be. Yo. So I ended up getting hired with Sarita. And then I tell you, Hey, we're moving again. <laughs> and we, we find this house, this wonderful house in Sarita. I did not yo. like it. You didn't like that? I you know that I house. didn't like that house. I love that house. It was man. plain. Perfect. You know I was nesting in Sierra Vista. Uh, so in my space. mind, I'm like so much room for activities. Cre- <laughs> creative. And I'm like, how am I gonna do yes, it was a house. It was a blessing. But I was like I just you know, half of me was like, Yes. Excited because Dexter is gonna like enjoy life. He is going to love it in Sarita. Sarita is like an amazing community. It's very like, how would you, what would you say about Sarita? Very, um, what's the show I'm looking for? Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> yeah. Very, very, very clean, clean and wholesome. <laughs> right. Community. Yeah. And it's, and I loved it when we went there to visit and I'm like, you know what? I can see myself here. We got to find a church. That's going to be hard. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah. We found one in Sierra Vista, though. Shout out to Shiloh. Yep, yep. <laughs> so we, you know, I get to Sarita and, <laughs> oh, it crapped the bed. I was just like, this is not the police work I'm familiar with. I <laughs> didn't understand. And I'm like, dude, <clears throat> they gave you a SUV. Oh, like, they were. They, they gave it up. you everything. They, put they, they, they love put the, they you. Put they, they put they like first black hire on <laughs> parade and like forever, bro. They was like, man, you're going to be the king. Right. Man. Oh, man. They And they did, man. They Them people were so good to me. They, they were. So shout out to Sarita Police Department. Yeah, they really tried. Amazing. Like they worked with me, yo, but I just, it wasn't clicking for me the way they did things. It was so 
different. Like police, I tell people police work is the same no matter where you are. You're dealing with people, yo. But mm-hmm. the way people process and do police work is so different from, you know, Kentucky to, you know, mm-hmm. Colorado to California to Arizona, yo. Like it's it was so different, yo. I, mean, I was just like, and it just wasn't clicking, and I just couldn't, I couldn't get on board, yo. And that's when, you know, at that time I started really considering going back home, yo. And so at this time. You know, we have the George Floyd incident mm-hmm. in uh, Minnesota that just popped off. And then we had the Breonna Taylor incident that happened months before in Louisville, but it started catching traction after George Floyd. Right, George Floyd. Right. Those multiple and instances. so this happens, and then chaos breaks out in Louisville and across the country. Mm-hmm. What's going on in your mind when you were watching the George Floyd video when you saw it? Did you think, once you saw that, did you think anything would come of that? I I didn't think that it would come of it initially because, you know, initially it's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that happened. This is terrible. But things like that have happened before. Mm-hmm. So the magnitude of it, I would never have thought. Yes, it is. It was terrible um, of what you see initially. You know, but as you graph together what happened and how it happened, you know, you're you're more well informed. But I had no idea at all. Did you know that the incident with Breonna Taylor had happened in Louisville before all that popped off in Louisville? No. In May of twenty twenty. Mm-mm. See, that's the thing. A lot of people had no clue. Plus two, we were in the West. <laughs> You know, and a lot of things we didn't hear of other than if we had family or friends that told us. I kept my ear to the ground, you know, because it was like, you know, that's home, you know, like I was still, you know, staying in touch with guys, you know, just figuring out what was going on. Mm -hmm. Like, so I never really detached emotionally or mentally from Louisville. I didn't either. I had family and friends, but, you know, I'm still trying to nest. I'm still (laughs) trying. I'm still trying to. I wouldn't say force myself, but try to make a home, try to make a life for us in this new, new community. So, you know. And then I tell you, hey, they're riding back home. I think it's time for us to go back to Louisville. You know what? (laughs) When I saw you sitting on that couch or in your little man cave watching the videos, and just like it was like a fire that has been gone for so long had erected and i was happy that you saw not saw it but wanted to be with your fellow officers but i didn't know if i was ready for you to if that makes any sense why why do you say that because we were trying to, like I said, we were trying to build a life there. So that's where I was like, we got to try harder. You got to try harder. <laughs> you you got to like it because you we dragged me all the way out to the West Coast. And so, you know, it was like all that was going on in the West, in the East. We didn't deal with it in the West. No, we nobody not, was not rising. I didn't bit. have to worry about you getting struck with anything other than some, you know, community member getting their go-kart or their, what is it? Was it a, yeah, 
No, it wasn't a go kart. It was a what are they? What did they ride around in the communities? What's that? Oh. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's not the go karts. What is it called? Oh, you talking oh, about golf cart? Oh, you talking about me riding in the four by four? Right. The no, gator. the golf carts. Oh yeah. You know, people right. stealing golf carts. That was like the crime in Sarita. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. So I was like, this is this is your safe place, Dex. And I the, don't want you to leave. And it's so funny you talk about, you know, Sarita being a safe place. You no, know, one thing we forgot to mention, yo, know, was I guess when we first got married, you remember the first oh, major yeah. the first major incident of, oh my God, my husband's a cop and this right. is crazy. You know, I wanna let's travel back to that real quick. Sorry to get off track, y'all, but that completely forgot. So I think we have been married a couple months. Yeah. And we were getting ready to go on a honeymoon the day before our honeymoon. Mm-hmm. The day before our honeymoon. Yeah, what happens? You, you, you sitting at home and you get that call. I'm in the hospital. What? <laughs> what do you mean? And did you send me a picture? Yep. Yeah. You sent me a picture and your face was all cut up. And I was covered in bleeding. blood. Bleeding. And I'm just like, what? Like, how could this happen? Yes, you're a police officer, but this is not supposed to happen. Yeah. You know, so that at that point, you're right. It became more real. Um, that incident, you know, that I got in a fight with this big, crazy dude down on Cane Run Road. Yeah. He's a mentally disturbed person, you know, and right. we got into a slug out fest. And I don't want to say nothing bad, but a bunch, like about three or four female officers just watched just me. And this dude slugged it out. You know? I'm sure I'll probably do the same thing. <laughs> hey, this dude, you know, like I'd knock him out and I'm on top of him. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, this guy, I, he's unconscious. And I'm on top of him. I'm mounted on top of him, breathing heavy, and my mouth's open. He opens his eyes, and he spits blood in my mouth. And I'm going on my honeymoon. The next day, y'all, the next day, I'm about to go have the time of my life. The next thing, I'm in the hospital, and I'm sitting, you know, my my wife of, like, a couple couple weeks, couple months, is sitting here with me, and, like, waiting for my blood test results to come back. That he's okay. Like, nothing. Yeah, it was... It was wild. It was wild. But yeah. thankfully, you were you were good to go. Good to go. Man, yeah, I, forgot, I almost completely forgot about that. Yo. So yeah. even with that experience, yo, and then seeing what was going on in Louisville, mm-hmm. knowing that when I go back to Louisville, I'm going to be front and center. What was going through your mind, before, like knowing that I was getting ready to go back into all that? So fast forward to the point where you were like, I'm going back. Like I said, it was that fire. It was also that fear of like, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to get into the midst of that? You know, because then I'm really questioning if you're going to come home. You know, so it was, I kind of say it was half and half. It was like, yes, he's going to be happy. He's going to find his joy in his job again. I want to see, I don't want to see depressed Dex 24-7 because that affects others, you know, so I want you to be okay. Other side to that is I don't want you to go. (laughs) Can you just sit in the office? Can you just (laughs) like take notes? (laughs) Do you really have to be front and center? And then... Later on, you were front and center because of the position that you SRT. had as SRT. Yeah. So I did. I wasn't excited about going back, not because I didn't want to be with friends and family. It's just because I felt safe. 
our family was safe and I felt like we were in a good place going back to like destruction and chaos. I was not excited about that. Did the kids, about your safety. Yeah, did the kids understand what were, what was going on at the time? Or I was also like the kids, you know, cause as a mother, your heart is heavy for your family. Your heart is heavy for your kids and them being able to go back or to be able to understand. So then Brooklyn, like somebody asked her a question, like, I forget what they asked. Well, we were at the grocery store. Yeah, my dad doesn't like his job. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, <laughs> he never yeah. likes his job. Yeah. My dad hates his job. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and they, they weren't, so she wasn't lying. Not, right, it's not she wasn't lying. lying. It's the like, truth. So it was like she's tried. She's been moving, especially her DJ, not even in school. Yeah. But trying to find friends and found a friend, moved to another city. You know, so I'm like, but Brooklyn, you know, what about Brooklyn? <laughs> about the kids. Can she, is she going to be okay? So I'm like talking to Brooklyn, helping her. We're talking to them, helping them understand like, hey, we're going back, trying to see the positives, you know, because it's one thing in doing because you're an adult, but it's another thing in talking, not saying your kids will make the decision, <clears throat> but then you allowing for them to understand and also listening to what they have to say. So that you can work through it. So fast forward, mm-hmm. we move back to Louisville mm-hmm. and we go from this picturesque, perfect community, Sarita, Arizona, yo, to the chaos in Louisville with all the destruction and all the division. How did it affect you see, knowing that your husband is a cop, yo, but you then hop online and you see people saying the most evil, vile, horrible things mm-hmm. about police officers that you know personally. Mm-hmm. And the stuff about your husband, you know, people that we went to school with, you know, just people that have known us forever. Mm-hmm. But now they're saying all these things about me and they're saying all these things about people that, you know, personally in uniform. Mm-hmm. What did that do to you mentally? How did that make you feel? First, I'm going to say that what you were first saying, how did it make me feel just coming back and seeing the devastation? It was unbelievable. You know, and knowing that what happened brought such chaos and destruction to our community, what we once knew before we left, it was no more. I was gone. You know, and it was like rivalries between what is right and what is wrong. I know because this is what I believe. I'm African-American, so it's right that we're doing this or I'm not because I'm a police officer and what you're doing is wrong. And it was just so much that I actually, I'm not really a Facebook rolling person. You know, I get on every blue moon during that time. Like you would tell me this person said this and I'm like, and I'll look and I'm like, what? Why? (laughs) Why would you say this to a person who you deemed a friend so it then brought into question were they really your true friends you know yeah him telling me that you know i hope somebody run up and shoot you in the face like but i was like what like right like for real and that's evil that's what it is it's evil you know and it brought out a lot of who true who truly people were and that made me very sad you know, now, how did you deal with that with your friends that your personal friends? Because I know you have 
such an array of friends that politically that's super diverse you know you you're right. the type of person you're like me we're just cool with whoever we're cool with yo but right. don't matter if you're republican democrat left right of as long course. as you're good with me you know we i don't we don't really care as long as you treat us good so how did you deal with that on your in your close personal friendships with people who were not necessarily a fan of the police so Do what it. i believe is that everybody has their own understanding i give people that we're not all the same <laughs> You know, God created us differently, and that's amazing that God did that. We cannot always think the same. But one thing that I will say is that um, during this time, a lot of emotions were raised. A lot of um, beliefs were put into question. And when some of my friends told me that, police all police officers are this type of way and just saying evil things about police officers you know I try to put it to the perspective of as a police wife this is what you're not seeing because if I wasn't a police officer's wife I wouldn't see things the way that I see them because I have you to talk it through so when I talk to them and I tell them, this is, this is the way I see it. You may see it this way, but this is not the way that it happened or that it looks. And you have to think about it from this case in point. And do you think about it that way? So it's like, when you're not thinking about it, these different ways, you're going to come to the assumption that this is the way it was. So, Honestly, I would talk to my friends like that. And if they're going to a totally different direction, I just cut it off. Because at this point, we agree on different things. You've said your say, I've said my say, and that's that's it. Did you lose any close friends during this chaotic period? Close friends? Yeah. No. No? Associates? Associates. <laughs> possibly because my close friends I have a small circle of close friends so with my close friends we've had that conversation and some of my friends we agree like yes this is how it was other friends not so much but that does not deter our friendship and you know me I'm very and vocal that's, that's a true friend <laughs> but and I said, oh, your friends started unfriending me I was like well <laughs> <laughs> there it is <laughs> but that's because you're a better person than me and but I, I, don't let same, stuff, I don't let stuff ride as much I'm like bro hold up a second dog let me get on this keyboard with all caps real quick so at the <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so like in the really background good. like Dex let it go leave it alone let it go. like nope because we're not gonna be Facebook warring here like this is it's one thing to to respond to something on Facebook or social media but it's another thing <laughs> if you truly want to have a conversation if you truly feel the emotions that you feel, then have a conversation in person or over the phone. I, I think that's the easy way. <laughs> I think that's the easy way to just throw it out there and just let people like grab at it and yeah, just hate it. It's, and it's, yeah, it's, it's that irritates me. So I pulled myself away from that. And when you would tell me, I'm not just like this little willy lily wife. Oh, that's just okay. That's just the enemy. No. When you told me that somebody said something to you and they were deemed as a close friend that I 
had when I was younger? No. I told them this is what you did and this is what you should not have done. And because you did it to him, you disrespected me. And that's, we're not going for that. And did they not apologize? Did they they did. Yeah, to you. Yes, definitely to you, but never to me. But I remember your brother was trying to get him to come over to have a conversation. Homeboy was like, nah, bro, I'm cool. I was like, yeah. But at that point. <laughs> it was done. It was not. At that point, it's done. I just wanted to flex on him no, and let him know that I wasn't no bitch. That's what I was like. That's what I was it. like, hey, bro, come on. Talk all this mess. Oh, man. But leave oh. it. Al- and I told you, leave it alone. I can't. I said, <laughs> it's the principle of the matter. It's not because then you're yeah, going yeah. you're going down the same path as someone else. And, and, and I was. Yeah, and there's that's no why. Need. And that's where stress. And I'm like, dude, that's where stress. Let's just close it, leave it alone. Set what you're gonna say, and you both cannot agree. So let's just. But the thing is, I was never friends with him in the first place, yo. For me, yo, so it was kind of like it was a and lot easier. And for that's me why to, I went yeah. in there and was like. <laughs> First of all, when you say this, you say it to me. And that's what I'm not going to have. And I'm and glad I don't he at appreciate least that. apologized to you. He didn't need to give me an apology. That was my thing. I was like, you hurt my wife. I was like, oh, you got to at least make it right with her. Now, he ain't never coming over for Thanksgiving, but. <laughs> I mean, and there's been no. many a people that said oh, things. We got family members that was down involved in that, bro. I was but, like, oh, my God. It was it was chaos. It was. Me. It was. Chaos. But, for, and it, uh, and it's not just chaos here and there. It was every day. Every day I got up yeah. and go up, went to work. It was like me going on a combat deployment, you know. And exactly. Like, what was on every time I got up and went out the door? What was on your mind, knowing that? I think you were more, not more than me, but I'm just saying, you were more into, like, really <clears throat> hugging us and really hugging your children because you really felt as though, this may be the night that you did not come back home, you know, and that really struck a chord in my heart because I'm like, this may be it because seeing it and living it is two totally different things because it really, at this point is really infiltrated our home because it's affected you. Church, everything, everything, everything. So at that point, you know, I I will never forget the time because when you would be at work, you know, I'm like, you know what? I could keep ties on him. I know Dexter's walk, his little soldier walk with his little little <laughs> arm just swinging. Don't make don't make fun of the disabled wing. Don't disrespect. Don't disrespect the IED arm. <laughs> but I would I would get on the live streams, Lord, and I would be able to point you out because you're on SRT. So you were like front and center through all the devastations. So I'm like, I see him. He's good. I see him. But then that was like anxiousness, worry, anxiety, you know? And at the point where I felt as though I could not do that anymore and rest on who I believed in, which is God, that God was going to keep you safe because even though I'm behind my little, my little iPhone looking at a video and I see that you're safe, there's nothing else that I can do at that point, but yeah. see, and then try to call you, which you are not going to answer your phone if I didn't see you. So I had to put that aside when I saw it was, I can't even remember what night it was, 
but it was shots fired. September 23rd, 2020. 2020. The day of the Breonna Taylor verdict of the grand jury. Yes. You were watching the live stream. I was. And I was like, one of the officers was actually the doing the video. I was oh, watching Beth, her yeah. live stream. Beth. And she was like, officer shot. I'm like, what? What do you mean? And she's not holding, of course, the camera steady. <laughs> so I'm like going all over the place. The camera's going. And I'm like, what am I to do? Like, I cannot get in touch with Dexter. And there's one officer shot, two officers shot. And I'm like, there's only a few of them, you know, out there. So then you call me shortly after that. And you're like, I'm okay, but there's been two officers shot and they were shot right beside me. And it was just blank for me, you know. It was at the point that these, what at that point we were nine years, nine years of being married, this was alive. This was what, as a as an officer's wife, this is the heartache. This is the questioning. It was all at this point of this is hard. You know, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if Dexter is going to come home. And even my friends, or not even my friends, because my close friends are my friends, but even the people that I know that hate my husband like he may not be home as my husband as his children's father anymore because he's out here serving you he's out here serving the community so that like brought in like a wealth of like emotions of everything that had just compounded over this period of time how did you move forward from that past that point to like me going out the next day after this horrible events happened? I had to physically shut my phone off. I think one point in time I had disabled my Facebook <clears throat> because I was like, I'm going to have it in me to like look and try to control the outcome, which I could not. So I just prayed and I just like, I just, Every time I talk to your coworkers or they're on the phone with you and I'm like, y'all, you know, watch each other. And I just believe that you all had each other's backs. There's nothing else that I and myself could have done. But continue to enjoy each and every day, not knowing that this could be your last. And it was like, not all in all, but in you, I saw strength. It was like you were not backing down from people throwing stuff, people saying things to you that they were going to come and kill your family. You were not backing down. You had strength. So it was like because you had that much strength, I felt as though that I could have that strength as well. When you started hearing stuff about protesters coming to officers' houses and targeting their families, what did that do to you as a mother? What did that put in your mind and make you feel? Mm, where's Dexter's gun? You know, um, 
I guess just being more close to my kids. Like I always have that keen eye to look out because in the community, like you just don't know who knows you, you know, who's coming after you, but it wasn't really a lot of fear. Like I just really put that to God giving me peace. Yes. I'm going to be realistic to know like where my gun is just in case something does happen, but I'm not like toting around with a gun all the time. But I just had God's peace, you know, because if I'm worrying and stressed out, like I cannot think clearly, I cannot help to carry my children and then be the strength for you as well. It was a lot, man. That was a rough time. You know, like I, you know, as as happy as I was to be back, to be standing toe to toe with these guys, mm-hmm. it was just such an emotional burden to carry. Yeah. It, just not the the city, but the weight of my family's safety. You know, knowing that I'm protecting the city, but nobody's at home protecting my family. You know, knowing that if something goes down out in the seventh division where we were living at the time, you know, there's no officers out there to right. come and rescue my wife. You know, because all of our officers and our power and our efforts were focused on the riots in downtown. You know, there was literally I'm like, yo, who's coming to rescue my family right now? Mm-hmm. I can't. You know, so it was like. And that's when, you know, we made the decision that, like, man, it's time to time to bounce out of the city. Mm-hmm. It's time to go. But I knew all in all that we were going to be okay. You know? Yeah, it it we was hard. It was difficult. A time that <clears throat> we have never lived through because this was the first, you know, and it went on for a long Forever. time. Forever. I mean, if people think this was just a small point in time, yo, where it was like, yo, it was like just a couple weeks and a couple, no. Mm-hmm. It was literally every day for over a year and a half. And I mean, every day, you just, the unknown, every day, you know, especially after those two got shot in front of me, yo, it was just like, man, it changed the game for me. You know, it Mm -hmm. changed my perception, you know, my perspective. You know, that was the the catalyst that drove me to finish the book. You know, I mean, remember we went on vacation and we were like, we went to Great Wolf Lodge, you know, and I was just sitting there. I was like, I have to finish this book, yo. If I don't. Mm-hmm. If I die, who's going to tell this story right. for my kids, for my wife? Who's going to tell my story? And I just remember you, you know, sitting on the bed with the kids at Great Wolf Lodge. I'm over there just banging away at the computer like, I have to get mm-hmm. this done, man. I got to get this done. And thank God I got it done. Yeah. You know, and it's like now we're how far removed past that. My God, coming up on three years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do you feel like things have changed for the better or for the worse in the city of Louisville? Even though we no longer there, we're. 20 some odd miles removed from that craziness, <laughs> but I think there's definitely residue because even though I feel like people are, have been kind of like gone back and it's been work as usual and people have, <coughs> but it's still residue from it that will never go away. Yeah. Do you think the kids understood really what was going on and how bad and dangerous things oh, got? Oh, no. Oh, no. Even though we've talked to them about it, it will never really bring it home for them until they get older. Yeah. But they will remember what they saw. But it's also our jobs to, of course, protect them, but also to be open. And put it and in perspective talk. for them. Exactly. Yeah, and that's been hard, On you know. Both sides. Let me ask you this: mm-hmm. if, 
I know we, you know, we black. I'm real black. You kind of black, you know, light skin. My black, children you know. don't think that I'm black. <laughs> they say I'm not black. I'm like, it's Daddy's not black. black, black. It's <laughs> black African American. They're like, no, you're not black. You're what they call me. Caramel. Oh my no, god! No, they don't no. say caramel. <laughs> it's like a color. Yeah. You're, yeah. Beige. <laughs> you're, you're yeah, beige. Yeah, you're beige. I'll take that. So we have this thing now, you know, where black parents and pe- people in the black community are saying, you know, because I have a black son, because I have a black child, you know, I gotta tell, I gotta teach them about police encounters and how to carry and conduct themselves as young black man and woman in America. Do you feel that way personally as a mother? with children growing up in this day and age, a young, a black son and a, a black daughter? I don't think anything as far as my perspective on how I raise or we raise our children was contingent upon what has happened. No, it has not changed anything for me. I will say that too, because my amazing parents did not raise me as a victim. They were born in the South. Well, southern area and um they just taught us how to be respectful to others and they gave us instances of where they were not treated fairly but not stating that because you're not treated fairly you have to walk around with this mentality that somebody is after you or they're not going to allow for you to attain what you worked hard to attain so i'm not teaching brooklyn and dj that there is somebody coming after you. You're not going to be able to meet the expectations that you have in life because of something, because of the color of your skin. No, because that's not how I was taught. You know, not just the, I think everybody, it's not a black thing to where you need to teach your kids how to interact with law enforcement. No, that isn't everybody, every right. person thing. Cause I don't care what color you are, what you look like, where you're from. Mm-hmm. If you start making these fervative movements and I'm you know, questioning you about a crime, you start reaching into your pockets, and I don't know what you got in your pockets. We're going to have a problem. Right. You know, a white officer might be less likely to shoot you. That is what these studies show me. I don't care what skin color it is. I care about your actions and how, you know, how you're responding to me, questioning right. you. That's what I go off. There's nothing else for me to go off of. You know, it's just human actions, human mm-hmm. movements. That's the only thing. You know, but we've gotten to this point in society where we make black people feel like they have to be extra cautious. And I'm like, that's not true. And I've been black 30, 39 years. But that's society. That's the news. That's, you know, those counts of what you see. <clears throat> so like I said before, people who are not surrounded around officers or have this, like, understanding that, of course, I'm not going to even go to, like, bad officers. We know they exist. Exactly. I'm not going to even go them. there because just like there's bad officers – I work in credentialing. There are bad doctors. Come on now. <laughs> and they Somebody kill say amen. <laughs> Some doctors kill more people every year than cops ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yes, we see it more because it's televised. Um, but. So it's more sensationalized because it looks sexier on TV when a cop goes and shoots somebody that's reaching for something that we don't know what it is, as opposed to a doctor administering or a nurse administering the wrong dose of a certain medication and killing somebody right. on accident. You know, which one's going to play out better more in the news, right? The police officer one. 
because it's in culture every day. It's in TVs, movies, right. social media, everything, everywhere. Like people hate police, but people are still so infatuated with police culture and what we do. Every it's in every movie, mm-hmm. everything. It's what we see, like I said. But like I said, I'm not I'm not teaching them because they're black, because then that puts something into their mentality. Is because I'm black, I cannot attain. My parents didn't do that to me, and I'm not doing it to our children. Yeah. Yes, we teach them about being an African American. We teach them history. We teach them all these things. They're not like walking around not knowing who they are or who, what their history was. But I'm teaching them that you can obtain if you work hard. Just like my mama, my beautiful angel, she taught me, Christina, if you want this job in college, there's probably a hundred people going for this position. You do more. It may not say call us every day, call us every <laughs> other day. If you want this position, no, you go, you call. And what happened when I called multiple times? Oh, your name's Christina. I'm gonna put you on top. I had that job for four and a half years, my whole college period if I just put it forth out there into the abyss don't follow up on it and don't do nothing about it guess what happens you know what why are they why are your kids so loud (laughs) they're being kids (laughs) so it's like you go after something I wanted to go yes I got loans now I know better but I did what I knew and my parents did what they knew that they had to do you know, for me to obtain an education. And because I didn't find a good job as with a bachelor's, I got more loans. <laughs> but I paid those off for you. You're welcome. Right, right. And I obtained my <laughs> master's degree. Okay. So I've had a difficult life because I didn't have a lot of, I would say, not a lot of help. Not a lot of guidance, yeah. Not a lot of guidance. But I did what my parents taught me to do as a as a young child. Well, let me tell and you, that kind of carried me. I think they've done they've done you well because you are an awesome wife and an awesome mother. Thank you. So supportive you are. It's hard. I'm glad I'm glad it's to hard. Have, I'm glad to have <laughs> you. I absolutely am. Like so before we get ready to close, let me ask you. The last almost eleven years together, do you have any regrets or anything that you would have done different? up to this point now like between you and I like that or life anything or just life Uh, regrets I can't think of anything regret wise no no I guess I would say one thing that I'm working on and it is time you know I feel as this week was like a emotional week you know your grandfather passed away yeah thankfully we went to see him Mm -hmm. um last week and your father you know the The whole family drama distance and drama that I have been a part of on this this end of it caught in the middle (laughs) (laughs) caught in the middle Right, so that Pass comes the messages with, back and forth. 
that comes with its own. <laughs> and then friends who are sick. And it's just been a very trying week emotionally, trying to emotionally be there for you, myself, my children. So I think one thing that I would say, there's other things, but is taking time out for my family, my friends, you know, because we get in this rat race of, you know, I like to clean, so I just want to make sure my house is clean. <laughs> so, you know, or I, I'm not taking time out to go see people, you know, and it's like, I will do it one day. Let me do it next week. Oh, next week I'll do it. So that is one thing that I wish that was easier for me to do. Well, there'll never be enough time, but also that's your strength and that's also your weakness. Mm-hmm. Pe- other people, you care so much and always, I have to remind you, yo, go take care of yourself. All right. <laughs> go, go I'll out. spend my whole paycheck to go, go. and take care of <laughs> Dexter's helped me out a lot. <laughs> I tell her, hey, yo, go, we not poor, bro. Go get your feet done. Go get, go spend some money on something. Like go, go out. I, the kids, they'll be fine here. <laughs> Sometimes. They'll be fine here. <laughs> Yeah, or I'm, I'm in, you know, I'm working nights and I'm asleep. Where the kids? Uh, I don't know. Downstairs. Right. <laughs> They're upstairs doing something. Come home and DJ's swinging from the. Swinging from the ceiling fan. Or right. <laughs> but he's alive. Or I'm downstairs and all I hear is screaming like, oh, God. <laughs> uh, let me go check on this, man. But, dude, thank you so much for coming on here. I've been wanting to have you on it's been my a long show time. for the longest. So i thankful for your perspective on things. Mm-hmm. And is there anything you would like to say to other police wives out there? Um, I will say this. That it is not for the faint. But it can, if you are faint hearted and if you are a worry wart, it may start off that way, especially as a new police officer's wife. But over time, through your faith in God, um, that you can gain strength and you can see yourself strengthen over time. Because as mothers, we have a strength that fathers don't have. Amen. (laughs) I'm not going to argue that. That God has given us because, you know, even if you feel as though it is unbearable, it is bearable because you're still you're still there. You're still taking care of house. House may be in disarray, but your children are safe. Um, and that your, your loved one who is an officer, whether it be husband or wife, they are doing their part for the community, which is a lot. So it's like, we just have to take one day at a time, you know, enjoy every moment just like anybody else, any other profession, they something could happen to them. So we cannot rest on them not coming home. Rest on the belief that God has got them and that God has got you. Amen to that. Like I said, unfortunately, we've seen that within the last year. You know, when I lost, we lost Zach. Yeah. You know, and Jamie and, you know, his wife and the two boys, you know, it's, it's been a rough ride, man. So I'll say this little snippet. 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 What is that? <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this. Now that you, you just said about Jamie and the 
the loss of Zach, her husband, and I'm seeing a little picture of him. It says 5-15-92, and he passed on the 18th of December of 2021. Be like Zach, deeds, not words. And when people have said things about officers and they're terrible and every officer is this type of way, what has come into mind, there's many things that officers have been there for our family, have brought us in when other people (laughs) don't invite us over. Mm -hmm. You know, they have always been there. And when he passed away, it was like every officer took Jamie and her kids under their wing. Mm -hmm. I have never seen it. And you know what? It has been since 2021 and they are still there. Still. And I get on myself about that because I'm not as active and involved as I should be. I send her a text all the time like, man, Mm -hmm. I'm horrible, girl. I'm sorry. She was (laughs) like, I know you got kids. And, you know, she's always, she's so full of grace and just awesome, dude. She is. Even remember uh, when I was gone? Chuck came over. Yes. Chuck, I, I had Chuck on the show. Chuck like Cooper. The, yeah, Chuck Cooper, my mm-hmm. old partner. Dude's been his like wife. 35 years. He came over and just dropped you some cash. They were like, hey, even if though I was gone, anything. Chuck been retired and didn't have to care. And that's what I love about that's police officers and the culture, man. And it's, I was like, Dex, you leaving this for that? <laughs> what? What is wrong with you for real? Yeah, yeah. But know. we're we're back. And even though he's moved to don't say the name. Don't Green drop the pastures. name. <laughs> <laughs> the people. I still with love it though. The police office, police department are still. The wives are amazing. It's it's the police it's department the I remember LMPD used to be. Mm-hmm. That's what I like about where I'm at now, and I'm sure you can see the, lot less stress. Yes, man. and that's what we need is less stress. Lord God, I'm definitely getting it, man. I've never been happier to be where I'm at and I wasn't sure at first but you know wasn't sure about it it's changed but it's been a good change right I think it was time it was time for me to kind of step away Mm -hmm. from the chaos that I've been a part of for 13 years and not just me man like I say I've been a part of that my the family's been a part of because I always tell people I serve but your family serves with you and you you all have been there every step of the way the kids have seen me cry my buddy's funerals i mean multiple come buddies. home hurt injured you know mm-hmm. tired stressed out yo and like just the last week i've not been able to stay awake for anything it just comes i'm so tired from working night shift mm-hmm. you know I was watching a movie with my daughter last night and i kept falling asleep you know but, but you know what it may be that your sleep but it's still your presence is there kind of <laughs> <laughs> your presence your body <laughs> So yeah. those are the moments that that are lasting. She asked me it's like four times, "You sleep, Daddy? Huh? No, no, no. I'm good. I'm not an officer, and I fell asleep plenty of times the other yeah, night. You need, you can movie. sleep, you can get all the sleep you need. And before we get out of here, kiddos, loud people, Brooklyn, Brooklyn DJ. Oh yes, sir, yes, sir. Both of y'all come in here. So we are live, and I want to introduce the world to my family. <laughs> Why is she looking? One of y'all, can, you can come here. Come this here, is DJ. my daughter Brooklyn. Say hi. Hi. DJ. Hi. What? Hi. Say say hi like a normal person. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Tell the people how old you are. Six. Like when's your birthday? Mm-mm. You don't know your birthday? No. Come on, man. He does. Are you nervous? <laughs> you being nervous? <laughs> Brooklyn, tell the people how old you are. I'm nine. 
I'm nine. <laughs> When's your birthday? Eight, twenty-four, six, thirteen. That's an awkward way to say. She's you could just say August. <laughs> what do you think about how do you feel about Daddy being a police officer? Safe. Come here. What safe. do you think about Daddy being a police officer? Not safe. What do you think about it? How do you feel about it? Good. <laughs> Easy answers. They didn't practice, so. I'm catching y'all off guard. <laughs> I don't know. We you were don't in know. school last week. Do you like week? it? Do you enjoy it? Yes. You want me? You want? You want to go back to Arizona? You want Daddy to go back to Border Patrol? No. <laughs> Why not? I try. <laughs> You see, you see how loud they are until they get down here. Now, they want to be quiet and get in front of the microphone. They can't say nothing. <laughs> the what? Ever. The fun father? Am I the fun father? You know, I try to tell y'all all the time. My daddy ain't take me to all these places that y'all go to. Oh Lord. You gotta expose my trauma. Right. <laughs> I tell my kids all the time, like we Leave go so, we therapist. go somewhere anytime we go, <laughs> we go somewhere. I'm like, man, my daddy never took me to Florida. Say thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Right. <laughs> all right, kiddos. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you all have enjoyed this episode of the Iron Pits Podcast. I'm gonna get ready to close it off. Coming up on two hours. Like I said, but I'm so glad that I got my got the opportunity to have my wife in the studio with me my first studio guest man so yes. freaking awesome so thank you so much for everything you have done for me the kids and just all the support and love and for putting up with my foolishness because somebody has to people don't understand how i don't either i still ponder about it every day <laughs> how why <laughs> you wouldn't have it in you wouldn't have it any other way girl exactly Keep you laughing. Definitely I keep not guessing. boring. <laughs> right. And praying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. So this has been the Iron Pits Podcast. Like I said, be sure to go to Gunfighter Trading Company. Get your merch and get you some candles and get you some beard bombs and some soaps. Also, if you want to get a little bit more in depth on my story, on the journeys I've had in my life with my wife, my children, and my career, buy my book, Iron Pits Memoirs of an American Patriot. Go to IamPits.com or go to Amazon and type in I am Pits. And also, like I told y'all, my audio book is out. The audio book is phenomenal. I have eight ratings thus far and people are really enjoying it. So if you are like me and you are not a very smart man and you are not a reader, I highly suggest go to Audible.com and get the audio book. I promise that you will enjoy it. All righty. So we're going to get ready to bow out of here. Before I leave, kids, y'all want to say the closing line for me? It says, this has been the I Am Pits Podcast, and I'll see you on the next one. This has been the I Am Pits Podcast, and we'll see you on the next one. No. <laughs> we'll see you on Almost. That's the opening, but now it's, it's a, we'll see you on the next one. We'll see you on the next one. <laughs> All right. Y'all take care out there. <laughs>